You're listening to the Strategically Podcast. I'm Tyler Collins. And I'm Brandon Collins. As we like to say, strategy is all about finding the best way to get from where you are to where you want to be. Head over to our website, Strategically, that's strategic.li, for more tools and content. But right now, you can join us for this casual conversation where we dive deep into the concepts behind thinking strategically in life, business, or whatever you care about. In this episode, we jump into the third and fourth method for finding your desired future, which are all about finding resonance and learning from your history. Let's get into it. are very um, related. You'll see that because the first two we talked about are sort of two different sides of the same coin. One was the like positive, what do you want to be? What do you want to accomplish? And the flip side of that was what's the cost you're willing to pay for that? So very married together. These ones are similarly related, but they're not quite two sides of the same coin. You'll you'll see that as we go. I just wanted to lay that out. Um, So number three, residence method. Really, I know, I don't think I like that, that name very much because all of these you're looking for residence but yeah. here's why I used it on this one, because the, the point of this one is to look outside of yourself and say, what out there mm. has resonated with me? What has what have you seen? What have you been exposed to that has really stuck with you or resonated with you? So, for example, I think I've got uh, five or yeah seven examples here. So what stories have you heard that resonated with you? What characters in those stories did you I, identify with? What are you innately curious about? And so you, you can read down through these people and figures that you admire, uh, things you gravitated toward as a child or things you were known for. And then what you do is you, you start listing those out. So uh, you can list out the, the characters and the people and the stories and then ask yourself, what are the patterns I'm seeing? What are the things that what's the thread through all of those different people and characters and stories? And why does that resonate with me? And what what does that reveal about me? Um, and, and that's a really interesting thing. And it, maybe it seems weird that, that you're like, well, does it have to be a true story? No, it can be a fictional story. Yeah. And sometimes fictional stories are even better because they really take characteristics like to an extreme, uh, because what you're identifying with isn't the, the truth behind it. You're identifying with the characters, the, the themes. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Um, and those same themes can be identified in your life as, as things that you value. That's what you're trying to expose. Like, that's what I want more of in my life, or that's the kind of person I want to be, or that's the organizational story we want to tell, that kind of a thing. Um, yeah, and that's, so, I, this feels very, the way you're describing it now, and I'm not trying to take away from it, but it feels very personal. So like if I was sitting down doing this personally, like I'm a big yeah. fan of Star Wars, so I would probably write that down and I would probably yep. list out, you know, some of the characters that, you know, like Luke Skywalker, probably everybody relates to Luke Skywalker in one way or another. Yeah. Um, you know, so I would, re- re- first of all, that sounds really silly when I say that. Um, how do you, like, is there a way to get past that? You know, like, yes, I, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, some of the weirdness of, like, I'm writing down, like, maybe there was a story when I was a kid, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> yes. like, I haven't read that story in forever, but. Let me use a personal example because you're yeah. 100% <laughs> right. It feels so silly as a grown man yeah. to be writing this stuff down. Yep. But when you see the patterns, I promise it's a really powerful moment. You'll be like, oh my gosh, I did not realize that was true, but it is. So here's, here's a personal example. So when I did this, this exercise, and by the way, this, this example is very, it is more, more on the personal side, but I think it could be adapted to, um, to a team. Yeah. I'm going to get into that. Finish it. Well, let's like discuss this a little farther and let's get into that. Um, what you were just talking about. So when I went through this recently, well, recently was a couple years ago now, but, um, 
I wrote down like one of the things that's still stuck in my mind. I wrote down the the Count of Monte Cristo, mm. not the book, the movie. And I've read the book, but the movie, the older movie. Um, it was t- 2002 is when the movie that I saw okay. came out. Jim Caviezel yeah. plays Edmond. Yeah, yeah. And Guy Pierce plays Pierce, uh, Fernand, yeah. Fernand Mondego. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, some people have said, oh, the book was great, the movie was terrible. But something about the movie, it's a little cheesy, it's a little corny over the top, but I loved it, man. I, I could still watch it all the time. So I wrote that on there, and I, I kept moving on. And I had written some other things. Uh, I can't remember. I have to go back and look. Um, and then later I got to this one about people and figures I admire, and I, I had some names down. And what I realized as I was looking for patterns later on is I saw there was, and this is a perfectly... Uh, uh, You'll, you'll instantly understand what I mean because we're literally writing a book about strategy, but it was how strategic they were. It was mm. how they were always ahead. Oh, yeah. Another one was Sherlock Holmes. I love yeah. Sherlock Holmes yeah. because he's always a step ahead. He always yes. has thought things through. And it's the same with um, this movie. Yeah, it's the funny you say Christo. that. I remember reading a modern Sherlock Holmes book um, just, just really like as way of explanation. So Sherlock Holmes is in the public domain now. So anybody and their mom actually mm-hmm. can write a Sherlock Holmes novel at this point and use those characters. So I was reading a modern version of Sherlock Holmes and I got to the end and I was like, that was the worst Sherlock Holmes ever. And I couldn't figure out what it was for yes. quite a while until I realized they were trying to sort of humanize him because yes. very much in the originals, he's superhuman. But that's the point mm-hmm. of the character. Anyway, yes. I'm getting all of my soapbox. I but, feel that way. No, yeah. I feel that same way about the um, the TV show Elementary. Yes. He's just yeah. a little not Sherlock Holmesy enough. Yes, like, exactly. Y- you've lost the thing that I loved about yes. him. And I get it. He was a little over t- over the top. But that's what – anyway, yes, agree. I mean, my, my – so, pr- like, let's just get into it because I'm, I'm going to be bothered if I don't. <laughs> but my, pr- my po- the point of that character, what's so great is he is superhuman. Human in in certain mm. aspects of his life, but then in other aspects of his life, he's superhumanly flawed. So you have yeah. the balance. I think the best you know versions of that are he's incredibly amazing in this area of his life, but yeah. he's like incredibly flawed, and that actually tends to be how it is in real life. So then, yeah. if you take away some of this, you can't add it on over here. He just becomes a horrible character. I don't know. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, more vanilla and less yeah, the thing exactly. that we love. Yeah. So I so, feel you on that. Yeah. Yeah. So. All that to say, I had several things, um, several things written down and I, I went back and I was like, it's the, it's the way that they're always one step ahead or several steps ahead. And it's the strategic thinking. It's the, they knew exactly what they wanted and they knew how to go get it. Yeah. Um, and, and or I was they like, made That's a plan to go get it and then they yes. executed their plan to, exactly. to perfection. <laughs> exactly. And, and I had one. some real life people in, yeah. and, um, that I had written down that, that did that as well. I can't remember exactly who all it was, but. So that really showed me like, oh, that is the thing about that movie, even though it's a silly, you know, over the top, uh, you know, whatever kind of movie it that the fact that it was so extreme that way helped resonate in me something that I didn't know was there yeah. until I went through this exercise. So yeah. just um, embrace the corny, embrace the cheesy and then go back and look at it through a more reality kind of lens for patterns and then that's where you'll start seeing things yeah i'm pushing back on myself that's such a i don't know i I definitely feel like the older you get and maybe women don't struggle with this as much as men i don't i don't know i don't know women that well so i'm not going to speak for them but i'll speak (laughs) for men uh and myself 
Um, there's definitely a point of like, I should leave childish things behind because I'm getting older. And maybe there's a point of like, in humility, like realizing that those are important things of yes. who I am and delving into them is actually healthy yes. um, in many ways. And like, let's be honest, we still play video games, so it's not like mm-hmm. we really left them behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just well, have older childish, versions of them. <laughs> the childish things, what they showed you now, to some extent, and this is another philosophical conversation I don't even know that I have good answers for. It's like, <laughs> what, what, let me say the sentence and then I'll say what I meant. To some extent, they show who you were before the world like spoiled you, yeah, before you sure. like got smart enough to like Definitely. filter yourself. Yeah. To realize like, oh, that's actually not cool, even though I thought yes. it was cool. And now I have to, re- now I have to think that, that it's not cool. Yes. Or that thing isn't uh, possible. Like mm. I wanted that thing, but it's literally impossible. Yeah. But the fact that you wanted it says something about you. Your your naivete, right, says something about you. Um. So like, don't miss that. Like, like know that and explore that and 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 realize that that's part of who you are. The thing I was gonna say is like, at what point? At how old do you have to be until what you're hearing and seeing inside of you is actually like? I think there's a part where when you're born, yes, you're born with a certain um. It's nature versus nurture, right? It's like. How, yeah, this is so far off topic, but like, I don't know how old you have to be before the thing you're seeing in yourself is truly you, or if it's just like every person is that way. Does that make sense? Like everyone wants to be awesome. So like you see a Jedi on the screen and you're like, that's awesome. I want that. And everybody resonates with that. But there's other, there's another part of people, another kind of person maybe who's like, even years later, they still resonate with it. And there's probably something more there. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's like the everybody likes any. Star Wars. Obviously, it was the, like the greatest selling movie of all time. But I'm 35 and I still like Star Wars. And <laughs> yeah, I read all the books and I watched all the movies and I own them all and I know way too much about it. So I think yes, that's what yes. you're hinting at is like so there's, there's probably a deeper there more for you. Yeah, there's a deeper yes. reason to my love of it than somebody else who just thought it was a good movie and liked it. You know, right, right, sure. Because so they had all laser swords. Say, <laughs> All that to say, this is sort of exposing, and it won't always be the children answer. Like what what resonates yeah. with you now? You know, all of that is still is still great. Um, but the point is to say, find the things that resonate with you outside of yourself. The stories, the characters, the the historical figures. Um, you know, history is a great one to look back at. Like, uh, what 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 character through history have you seen that mm. you're like, or you heard about, and you were like, wow, yeah. that's amazing. Uh, I think another good one is them? like, what are, what are the things that really fascinate you, mm-hmm. you know, that can hold your attention for hours and hours upon end? You know what I'm saying? You know, yes, sometimes yes. I take a step back and I go, wow, I just read about fill in the blank random thing. Uh, Universal basic income was one that I read about the other day. <laughs> I just read about that for like 20 hours straight, like just article after article, because for whatever reason, I was like very fascinated by that subject. I'm not saying I agree mm-hmm. with it or disagree with it, but I decided to read a whole bunch of things on it and watch a bunch of videos on it for some reason. I can't even necessarily tell you why, but it held my attention for that long. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I think that's another good one. Like, what are those things? Or maybe here's another way of thinking about it. Um, like, is there a podcast topic that you listen to more than the other? Yes. You know? Yes. Entertainment, right? But it's not just yep. entertainment. Like, there's something probably else there besides just it's entertaining. That's right. Yep, that's exactly. And that's why at. the stories that resonate with you and and the characters, the uh yeah, so 100% everything we just said. One more thing I want to add on this one before we probably move on unless I do I am curious about the team. I don't have tons of ideas at, about it at the moment, but maybe we can explore yeah, some of the idea. Yeah, we can get into that. Idea. Go ahead. Uh but number 7 there, um here's another good one is like 
who do trusted people in your life, excuse me, what do trusted people in your life notice you're good at? What do they notice you love? So, so the resonate, this resonance method is asking you, what do you, where do you feel resonance? But sometimes people see resonance in you that you haven't seen yourself. Mm. Like uh, someone said to me one time, man, whenever we touch on this topic or whenever we're having this kind of conversation, you just come to life. And I was like, really? I didn't even realize that <laughs> that was true, you yeah. know? Um, and so maybe ask some people like, where do you see me really coming to life or where, you know, where do you see me get fired up or what do you see me coming back to? Uh, or maybe like if you're married, ask your spouse, what do I like always talk about that just drives you nuts? You know, I'm always talking about yeah. this thing. So there's some resonance there. That's what that is really digging for resonance is what is what that's after. Does that make sense? Yep. I just thought of another one that. Yeah, never mind. I'm going to skip it because <laughs> I'm too embarrassed to bring it up. <laughs> no, I was going <laughs> to say. But that's the beauty. I was going to say fantasy football and how just crazy obsessed people get with fantasy football just because we're in the season right now. And I just. Oh, yeah. Somebody was saying the other day, I was like, 90 million people are playing fantasy. That seems high, but that's what wow, they said. Yeah. And and they were like, that's almost a third. Or I think it actually was 60 million. And they were saying it was a third of all men. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about accurate. (laughs) Um, One question I had for you is, this all sounds fairly straightforward, everything you've described. However, you know, sort of step eight in your process, the patterns part. So how do you, you know, I've written all my stories down and I've got characters and, you know, books, um, you know, that I love, what your movies, whatever it may be, all those things. And how do I then like take a look at that? Like, that seems like it would be hard then to like draw patterns and, and pull that out. Yeah. Like, am I just not looking at a big list of things that I like now? You are, but <laughs> they are also very disparate. Like yeah, characters you identify with and stories that resonate maybe are close, but figures you admire or mm. um things you gravitated toward as a child are very different so okay um it's sort of like have you ever you know on the like those the, the like crime mysteries maybe or the um you know any any crime show or, or movie like there's always a moment a scene where they're like oh we we got such and such data put it on the map yeah and we'll see where it, where it intersects yeah. and that's the that's they like circle it you know you're mm-hmm. like that's where he's at it's kind of like that. I know we in the crime like, shows, it's incredibly obvious, though. <laughs> Whereas I feel <laughs> yeah. like this wouldn't be as obvious. No, but I think, so a couple things. One is um, you can sort of take take the um, uh, brute force approach where like, you know, when you're doing like a jigsaw puzzle, sometimes I'm like, I know this piece has to be blue. So I'm going to gather a pile of all the blue pieces and I'm going to literally try every single one in that piece and to see which one fits. And nope, it didn't fit that way. It didn't fit that oh, way. Gosh. It didn't fit that way. <laughs> you can kind of do that with this and say like, Okay, the Count of Monte Cristo, like, what is it about that? And just, like, match it up. Mm. Like, does it match with this? No. Is it that? No. Mm. Is it, you know, so that's one method is sort of the brute force, the brute force. That sounds uh, incredibly painful. It's, it's not because <laughs> you're, you're not, um, well, with a jigsaw puzzle it is, but yeah. it's not because you're, you're kind of just, you know, moving things in your mind. Yeah, okay. You're not doing yeah. it in real life. Um, so that's one option. And you can, again, you can do that over the course of days. Look at the list one day, look at it the next day. Does anything jump out at you? Another method is to sort of um, boil them. <laughs> like, so for example, you can boil something down yeah. to get its sort of core essence and say, okay, well, Count of Monte Cristo, like what's true about that movie? And I could like write some things out. And then if you boil everything, you'll start seeing characteristics that yeah. are similar. So for example, like you take might the, say, uh, the, write 10 words down to describe this thing. Yes. I mean, 10 is probably yes. too many, but maybe five. And then wherever you see that same word come up again, you're like, oh, okay, exactly. circle, circle. That's what you're saying. Exactly right. Yes. Um, or like take people, 
real people and figures you admire versus characters you identify with, that's an easy one to start drawing connections to. Like Luke Skywalker, I admire because of whatever he, he believed, you know, he believed in morality, even when it didn't make sense. And then here's another person in real life that that's also true of them. Yeah. They're like very committed to whatever, you know, their, their moral compass. And so you're like, that's something I like in real life and in fiction. So yeah. that's something that's, that's deep inside of me. Yeah. Um, so they're not always that that obvious, but you can sort of boil them down and ask what is beneath the surface and then start comparing that together to sort of see that. So that's two, the brute force method, method the boiling method. And then the last one I would, or the last one that's coming to me in this moment is to say, um, show it to someone <laughs> because there are some people who are better at seeing patterns than other people. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so you can, once you've done this, um, the raw mining of data and you've got a, like a giant list of words or a giant list of topics, Someone you trust, you could show it to and be like, so what do you see here? And then maybe they ask you some questions like, tell me about this and tell me why does that resonate with you? And then they would say, oh, well, here's where I see, you know, and so now they're sort of serving as the, um, as the, uh, consultant, you know, to, to go yep, back to what we were saying before. You, yeah. Yep, exactly. And that's where as a consultant, honestly, that's one of the most valuable things they can serve is, uh, is, is that third party. Like, here's the pattern I see as I'm hearing you talk. So does that help sort of break through that a little bit? Yep. So let's talk about how can we adapt this to a team or maybe you would say, yeah, this doesn't really work as a team. Like skip this one. Yeah. Let me, let me so think about I that think for a minute. As I have heard you talk, um, some things have jumped out to me. So as a, maybe as a business or a team, well, okay. So where I'm at, where I'm the marketing director at a church, um, there is a very, very common practice where we are always looking at what other churches are doing. Like mm -hmm. constantly. In fact, it's almost to the point where we don't say, hey, we should do this thing because whatever. We say we should do it because this other church is doing it. <laughs> and I yeah. actually try to push against that because I don't think it's healthy. Uh, I don't think it's bad necessarily, but I don't think it's healthy to like go that far with it. But my point is, I think that maybe is one of those things. Why? Why that company? You know, why that competitor maybe are, is the one that we're always battling against. What about that competitor, you know, in making them successful or what about that competitor, um, is something we, we would also strive for. So like, this is, this is going to sound really funny, but when, when I was, uh, I'll give you two examples and, and they're both interesting in their own right. But when I was a pizza delivery driver way back when, uh, we had to do customer service training, <laughs> which is just as bad as it sounds. And they'd be like, you need to say this, you know, they go through this whole list of things. And at the end, they're like, you know how when you go to Chick-fil-A, they just treat you right. That's what we're going for. <laughs> and I just remember being like, wow, like they Chick-fil-A is really doing something right when mm. this like pizza chain is saying we want to be as good as them, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And then I actually have noticed that McDonald's recently, I don't know if you don't, if you go to Chick-fil-A a lot, you know that they're trained when you say thank you to say my pleasure. They have to say that back to you. It's actually in the training. That's what they're supposed to say. Mm -hmm. um, and I've noticed McDonald's is actually doing that now. And I'm like, ah, oh, so they're ripping that um, mm -hmm. right from Chick-fil-A training now because they, I think that's them saying this is one of the things that Chick-fil-A does that is just incredible and we're going to just steal it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that could yeah, be, another, right. That could be some. Yeah. And another good example, like I think that we saw that happening a lot in, um, in uh, Silicon Valley for a long yeah. time when that was exposed, like or not exposed when that was sort of coming out, like in the two thousands and like, there was a book called, uh, what would Google do? Mm. That was literally exactly what you're saying. The whole point of the book was to say like, what, because Google has had such success, success. Yeah. 
what would they do in this situation? That might be what you should do, you know? Now, the risk there is exactly what you just said, is like you become, it's not, you, you yes. so what you, you might be, there's two possibilities. One is that you're exposing something in another organization that resonates with you and your team, and that's a great thing yeah. to realize, and that's a great reason to adopt it, because it is in line with our mission, it's in line with our values, it's in line with our personality as an organization. The other thing is like, I'm just a fad follower and whatever's yeah. hot right now, that's what I'm going to do. And Chick-fil-A is successful. And so even though we care nothing about customer service, <laughs> you just want to look like you we, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though our organization doesn't care as a whole, like we know it's working. And so we're going to do that. And that's the wrong reason to do it. Yeah. Um. So, you know, that would definitely be a, a thing to sort of try to navigate carefully is like, why, why are we adopting that? And, and what's the, um, and and there again, it's like you you got to just know your team and know your organization. What's the culture? What's the personality of it? Um, and that I don't I don't have like tons of tips on that. I don't know if you have any ideas on how would you I actually have quite a few. I just that. you know I just thought so there there's basically four places I think as a company that you could look for inspiration, um, similar to the the like ones you've listed here. So number one would be competitors that are ahead of you. So th- those companies that are in the same domain, but mm. they're crushing it. Like, I think that's where normally we go for inspiration. And th- and that would be, you know, the Chick-fil-A's probably um, those kinds of companies. You know, if, if you're a microbrewer, maybe you, you're looking at Michelob. I, d- I don't know. <laughs> sure. Uh, but obviously you're looking at the big guys and seeing what they're doing and saying, oh, how can I do that too? Two would be those competitors that are maybe on a similar size as you, but they're different from you, right? And looking at what the differences are. Not necessarily to copy, but to say, what makes them different? What makes us mm. different? What's maybe our secret sauce that they don't have? What's their secret sauce that we don't have? Um, but, you know, that's caused them to get to the similar level of success that we're on. Yeah. Um, number three, this is a big one, but looking at maybe the upstarts in your domain, those mm-hmm. newer companies that are around, like, that are just starting out, like, what are the new ideas um, that they're bringing up, that they're bringing out, that make them different in in the space? And things that you, maybe as a company, if you're a little more established in this, you know, scenario, (laughs) uh, that you would would have never considered. But you're like, wow, there's a a new company. uh, They've only been around for a little while, but they're doing that. And who's doing it? We don't know if it's going to succeed yet because it's still new. Mm -hmm. But just even considering it, um, I think, would really line up with what you're talking here. And then yeah. the final one, this probably would be the most helpful, but, and we sort of hinted around this, but looking at companies that are just in a completely different space than you, but can, you can transplant the principles, right? Yep. Yep. So the more that, I mean, I, I, there's so many possibilities to that, that it's almost, you know, it could possibly be infinite, but once you get in the headspace, I think most people know, we've talked about this in other s- sessions, but I'll, I'll bring it up briefly again. Once you get in the headspace of something, it's amazing how your mind pulls those patterns everywhere, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think this is one of those ones where once you start thinking down the path, you'll start seeing it in Apple and Google and Microsoft and, you know, your bank. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll see it everywhere, even if the company in the domain is like nothing to do with the market that you might be in or the business that you might be doing. But you're like, oh, we could do that too in this way. That's how it would look like yeah. in our domain. Um, and why do I like that idea or why did that jump off the page to me? So those are the four that I think come off to, you know, 
come to my mm-hmm. mind as I think through this. That, those are the four that I think I would do in my life, uh, you know, with my team that that, yeah. I've, that I've done probably in the past as well. That's good. And I think what, what I'm hearing you say is like, or, or as I'm like putting myself in that position, like if I was going to do that, um, I think what I would want to do is, is because you, you would want to do this as a team, probably. Because that's a good test to say, like, um, so for example, maybe you would say, "Hey, I read this great article about yes. Google when Google yeah. was an upstart," and you're like, "Oh, that's maybe good. you yeah. have your team read it, yeah, right." And and then you're like, "Let's talk about that," and you're like, and they're like, "Yeah, that's cool, right?" Or you, you have them read a different, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Yeah. Like, how can I do that?" And, and then like, this okay, guy comes up with an idea, and that guy comes up with an idea. Oh, we yes. could do this, and you're like, "Okay, we just hit on something." There. That's right. That's right. Everybody is okay. What is it? I would even take a step back probably in that moment. And I would almost ask the room, Hey, what is it about this? That's really resonating with you guys. You know, Mm -hmm. what do you like? Mm -hmm. Like what Jim, you just had that awesome idea. Where did that come from? Like what about this article or this company inspired that idea? You know, almost take a step back because again, we're not trying to come up with tactics yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's another danger in this process. We haven't really talked about that a whole lot, but I think another danger in this process is when you really start to get into uh, thinking and planning out your future, you you want to like jump right to tactics because tactics yeah. can be interesting, and exciting, especially if it's something new. You're like, oh, I want to go do, I want to go try that idea. That sounds yeah, cool. Yeah. And you really want to take a step back and not get ahead of yourself and say, no, like let's 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 make sure that we're doing this in the right order. Let's make sure we actually have our destination before we start brainstorming cool tactics and new ways of mm-hmm. you know attacking this um, yes yeah did you want to add anything on that i felt like i interrupted you no you that was that's okay. all i was going toward is to say um you know companies organizations teams have personalities and they have um collective values and they have collective likes and dislikes you know um which is such an interesting thing that how how people do that but so that's really what i think you'd be testing for here versus your personal one i think this one would be a lot harder in my mind it's harder, um, but I don't know. Maybe not. A lot. Of, another reason. To, another thing to do is if you're the if you're the head person of this team or this organization, some of them can be swapped. Like you could take things that resonate with you personally and say, "I want that in my organization." You know, does that make sense? Like, yeah, definitely. If you're the if you're the you know board member, what's that called? Uh, the senior board member. Um, yeah, whatever. The leader <laughs> of the board, or you're the CEO, or you're the you know, like what you says. Yeah. If what you say goes, yeah, then what resonates with you is important, and Absolutely. you can you can sort yeah. of put that into your organization and your team. That's what I'm trying. to yeah, say. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I've in the past, I've been, I've led teams where the history of the team. Um, I don't want to say it too negatively, but I don't know how else to say it. You know, might have been a, a little more toxic. And so Mm -hmm. as the leader, I came in and said, hey, one of our end destinations is we're going to treat people well outside of us. You know, like as we're connecting with other areas of our organization, we're going to be very nice. And that's like stupid to say it that way. (laughs) But I knew the history and I knew how different teams within this organization fought. And it was very territorial. And I said, we're not going to be about that. Like Mm -hmm. I just, you know, planted my flag, so to speak, and said, we're not going to do it that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's good. So then, then you're talking about like establishing culture and shifting yeah. culture and all yeah. that is. But very... I, but you know, as the leader of the team, I could say this is going to be part of our DNA. This is going to be mm-hmm. part of our destination. And you might even say it's a how. It's a part of the how. Like we're we aren't going to get there if we have to step on people's faces to get there. Yeah. Uh, but I do. I think that is part of it. You know, you talked about that early on, I believe, in some yep. of these past ones, but. Yep. So what you just said is a great uh, segue to the next one. If yeah. you want to, if Do you're it. ready to 
Number four. On. So number four, you talked about the, this organization or the team that you were on that had a history. And history is actually a really valuable resource. It, and let me pause here to say the thing I said earlier about why these two, number three and number four, are related. And the reason is there is a whole um, val- uh, principle at play, which is a lot of times, and you'll see, again, you'll see this in what I, we just were talking about, and you'll see it again in the history method. There's a principle that is that is true, which is, Sometimes your subconscious, that sounds so mythical and mystical when I say it that way. I don't mean that. (laughs) Sometimes you know and feel your way to something. Sometimes intuitively you have, um, you know what your end destination should be, even though you don't, you could not, you know, say it out loud. You couldn't write it in a sentence, but intuitively, you know, and you've been sort of inching your way there. Um, and so both of these methods, what they strive to do is sort of draw that out of you is it says, Somewhere deep down, somewhere in your instincts, you have a sense of what you want or you have a sense of where you should be going um, and how can you pull that out? So that's true of you as a person, which is what number three, you know, a lot of in a lot of ways what that pulls out. But it's also true in that you can look in your look backward at your past and say, what have I consistently gone back to? What patterns have I seen in my past, both as a person, but also as an organization? And I'll I'll hit both of those here in a minute. So the the heart of this number four is to say, let's look back at our, our history and you can go anywhere from like five to, if your organization is like, you know, has this long history or if you're an older person and you're doing this in your personal life, it could literally be 20 years mm. and literally chart out um, the big, the big stages, the big phases, the big choices you made, uh, chart them out. What do I mean by chart them out? Make a list. Uh, this yeah. is, this is how you start with this. You make a list and you say, here's like the pivotal moments in my life. Here's mm-hmm. what I really remember. Or the pivotal moments in our organization when we launched this big initiative or when we rebranded, we changed yeah. our name, we changed our vibe. We sent or when this we hired product this CEO. out and it was incredibly successful. Yes. Or we had yes. this product or, blow out and it bombed. <laughs> that's right. Or this, this yeah. new, uh, CEO came in and he had a new vision. He yeah. had a fresh take on things or whatever, whatever that, that big moment is. Put those all down. Um, and then you chart that out literally on a timeline. And by the way, if you're looking for a great tool on this, the, uh, the Patterson Center, they have some awesome, probably the best tool I've ever seen where you literally take this list and you build a, a graph and you sort of chart the highs and lows of your organization. Man, this was a huge win. This was a huge, uh, downside. Mm-hmm. And then so, but you don't have, you don't need a special tool. You can just do this yourself and yeah. just think back over your life. Um, what were those moments? What happened? And then again, it's the, it's the key thing there is what are the patterns you see where again and again do you see yourself making the same mistake or number two where do you see yourself constantly succeeding or like hey here's the thing that every time i make this kind of choice i'm like always really excited and happy Mm. for the next like (laughs) you know six months i'm like really excited um or uh there's all sorts of different patterns you might see there um so why is this valuable i mean are you tracking when you're doing that are you looking more for the high highs and the low lows or you're just looking at momentous occasions and then you're going to try to figure out what made them momentous you know what i'm saying like um, for some reason in my mind i'm like picturing sort of like stock charts you know and you're like oh here's here's a record high and here's a record low and what happened in between you know so that's how the the patterson chart literally is what you said Mm -hmm. it literally is a graph it goes up and down yeah and you could say, like, if you're doing it as an organization, you might say, here's where our um, our revenue was at its peak. Or you might say, here's where our um, culture, our staff and our employee culture was at its peak. But here now it was now it was a drop. Or you might say, my, if you're doing it in your personal life, here's where I was excited and energized. Here's where I was burnt out. Here's where I was hopeful, all that stuff. 
So, but to get back to what your initial question, yes, momentous occasions is a great one to, uh, a great way to ask it. Another way is to say, uh, turning points. What were the turning points? So for example, a bad, um, not bad, but you know, you might say like, um, yeah, what you don't want is the, the vanilla stuff, right? Like you sh- you don't try to force like every year I should have one because mm. it doesn't happen. Life doesn't yeah. happen that way. Yep. Um, so it, it might just think like, wow, that thing changed my life. Well, you might even say when you just said that, I thought, you know, maybe you had four or five quiet years, so to speak. That's right. That could be a momentous occasion. Why were those four or five years so quiet? You know, what was happening or not happening Mm -hmm. during those five years? Because like over here, it was this constant up and down or it was a constant up and then it like leveled out. And then over here it was down. You know, you you see that a lot in organizations where it's like, maybe maybe it's like, well, let's see like this, <laughs> I'm doing opposite <laughs> like this. And then it flattens for a really long time. And then it tends to, you know, go down again. So maybe you would say, Oh, why did it flatten out? You know, maybe nothing was really happening, but then you're kind of asking, why isn't anything happening? Right. Right. Yes, exactly. And you, you know, it with, um, if you're, if you're working with, a um, the Patterson process, which again, highly recommended, um, they actually have you label all of those seasons in, as an organization. So like those were the quiet years, you know, or yeah. this was the innovation era or, yep. or whatever. And that really can give you some really unique perspective. But for our purposes here, finding your end destination, um, what, why is this important? Like, why is this a helpful exercise? Because certainly you're going to learn a lot. You're going to learn about, a lot about yourself. You're going to learn a lot about your organization. But like for finding an end destination, why is this helpful? It's because of the same principle that's true of the previous one, which is innately you or the your organization, you know more than you know, you know, you know, you have more inside you than you realize you yeah. have. There are patterns to your actions that are revealing things that are true inside of you. Um, and, you know, I, I, there's this amazing article. In fact, I would love to do a whole other podcast or a whole other session just on this topic, because there's this article I've got it linked here. Number four. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and th- this, this author goes like really detailed into this whole topic of like where, you know, people try his whole point is like, uh, he almost takes it to the extreme of saying like, don't even bother trying to like decide your strategy. Just let it emerge from you because it's already inside of you. I probably wouldn't go. I would say that's a little too far yeah. you know, the, to the pendulum, but there's some value that's there, which is to say there's two things. One is you innately know more than you realize, mm. but number two, sometimes you're, you can outsmart yourself. You can say that you value something, you can say you have a certain strategy when in reality, the, your life shows otherwise. Does that make yes. sense? You might claim, oh yeah, we're all about customer service. When in reality, all oh, your customers know, they don't think of you that way. You, the way you act, the way you live your life, or you might say, oh yeah, my family's really important to me, or this thing's really important to me. But when push comes to shove, like again and again, you have chosen in the past, that's not real. Um, and so that's where this history really shows really helps you see clarity because it's like, well, when push came to shove the last three times I made this choice. Yeah. And so that is revealing something about me or about my our organization. Yeah. And I think you were hinting at something important, which we haven't talked a whole lot about, which we can, you know, get into more later, but that I think there is this continuum of on the one side, it's completely inside of me. I'm just pulling it out. It's already there. Um, and, and I'm just using these tools to sort of refine the the or of who I yeah, am and, yeah. and what I, and my organ who maybe who my organization is. On the other hand, you have like aspirational of who we want to be, who we want to be known for. Like maybe we haven't been good in customer service, but we think that's important, even though we haven't been doing a good job at it. 
Yes. And there could there I think there really is a middle ground between those two things. I don't think you want to be so aspirational that mm-hmm. it's just pie in the sky. Like you're never going to be that because like you yeah. said, you've never made those decisions before. All of a sudden you aren't going to become a new person or a new organization overnight. On the other hand, I don't think it's super healthy to only be what you are and, and never right. think you can be more than that. Right. That's right. So I think there's a good middle ground there. And I, I yeah, so, so that's a great point. And that and it leads well into something I wanted to say, which is number one there under, under three. Uh, you have to sort of filter some of these out because you might see, like take the customer service one. That's a perfect example. Like, well, again and again, we have made, we have seen ourselves not valuing customer service, but that may not be because you hate customer service. It might yeah. just be a bad habit or a bad culture. And you've never worked hard enough to instill that thing you aspire to. It could also be a reaction to a different problem. Like, how can I explain what I'm trying to say here? Sometimes thing patterns emerge and, you know, what you're looking at is the conclusion of several events. And that conclusion wasn't the thing that kicked off the chain reaction. It was something else. Um, mm. So, for instance, it might be you're bad in customer service because you're constantly hiring low wage people who yep. aren't great, you know, aren't great at your company. And so they don't really care. And so they, they give best customer service. But then you would back up and say, well, why we keep hiring those people? Well, it could be because your HR department's not very good. Well, why is our HR department not very good? Well, it could be mm-hmm. because the person we put in charge of it, uh, who knows? Like they're not good at their job. Well, why not? You see what I'm saying? Like you could keep yes. tracing that back and you could find, oh, it actually goes back to this whole other thing. Now, why am I saying all that? Because it could be that that thing, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. that started that whole chain reaction that I just, you know, made up. That is really who you are. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that that who you are leads to bad customer service. It's just that's how it's been happening so far. That's right. Yeah. Or here's another great example of what you just said. Like, Yeah, that wasn't maybe, a great example. I feel like I didn't do no, a good job explaining it, that. <laughs> I think I got it. Like, Okay. Like maybe you, the real reason you're bad at customer service is because you're bad at training. Mm, and exactly. That's a great, you yeah, value, great way of saying it. You value customer service, but you're not sure how to get good mm-hmm. customer service, you know? So um, that, yeah. So the point I think that, that we can draw from both of what we're both saying there is this is, again, this is raw data. This is ore yeah. that now needs to be processed. And you got to figure out, you got to sort through it. Um, and you're looking for patterns. You're looking for what do I, what does this reveal about what we value and what I, the consistent patterns in our, you know, in our past, the things, the, cho- the choices we've made consistently. Cause again, we're about, we're trying to figure out how do you find your end destination? How do you find your desired future if you're not sure about it? And looking into the, into the past can be a really great way of doing that because your choices tend toward, often they tend toward a certain direction. And maybe that's the wrong, what I think you're saying is maybe that's the wrong direction. And again, it could be just a bad habit, but maybe yeah. not. Maybe it reveals something else that is something you care about and something you value. Yeah, so and I, that's, that's what I was point. hinting at, is that sometimes bad things on the surface could look like they're a bad thing, but then when you actually track them back, it's just a value, it is a value that you have that's just being displayed and it ends up having to, like, the way you're executing leads it to end up in this way. Yes. Um, I actually have a great example of this, but I, I don't feel like I can really share it, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> a little too specific. Yeah, it's, it's just, it, I think I wouldn't name drop, but I think people might know who I was talking about if I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get it. So get we it. probably shouldn't get into it, but I, I think people get get it. Un- I think people understand. Sure. Yeah. And, and here's a good, um, here's another interesting point on that, which is to say, maybe customer service isn't the thing you choose to value. Maybe training is the thing you value. Yeah. And you know, that's going to lead to good customer service or 
Maybe not. Maybe you just choose to value customer service and you realize that training is just the path you have to take to get there. So there's a lot that could come through. Again, this is this is raw ore that you mine, that you then process to uh, to get where you're going. So those are the two. Any other thoughts on that? I want to. Yeah, I do. I was going to say that I think um, this is just a general, I don't know, strategic principle, probably. But I feel like it fits here kind of nicely. Well, that's all for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to hear the rest of this conversation, make sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as they're released. You can also view this content along with visuals on our YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes. We'll see you on the next one.